the Forward Together podcast from Hollywood Trust with Paul Gosling and Jared Dean. Welcome to episode 12 of the Forward Together podcast. My name is Jared Dean and I am joined by Paul Gosling. Paul, how are you today? I'm fine, Gerard. Bit of rain around, but apart from that, it's all fine. Yep. So, today is the second, if you like, of a, a paired couple of episodes that we have on integrated education. And for our last episode, we had Peter Osborne talking about it. And now, Paul, for this episode, you met with Roisin Marshall. Absolutely. And and Roisin is an absolute expert on integrated education um, and uh, gave us a really good insight into the arguments in favour of it. She's the CEO of the Northern Ireland Council for Integrated Education, for those that don't know her. And I like the fact that she says that we need a two-pronged approach. I think it, well, I think the simple thing to say is she's for it. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like it's a conversation about whether or not they have integrated education. It's what she tries to do. And she does talk about we need a two-pronged approach, a top-down and a bottom-up approach. It's been very bottom-up to date, but it needs a wee bit of both. That's right, yes. I mean, it is a bit frustrating and declared my interest. My, my kids went to integrated school at primary level. Uh, I mean, it is frustrating for those people who support integrated education that it hasn't uh, achieved more in a shorter period of time. I mean, you know, mm. it's very impressive that some of the best schools in Northern Ireland are integrated. Uh, it's very impressive the number of parents that want to send their kids to integrated education, but it's not the primary uh, structure within our society and you know it's probably not achieved as much as a lot of its advocates hoped that it would okay Rashin also talks about the fundamentals of what integrated education is and i found it insightful that she stresses the fact that primarily what it's about it's about education and it's about good quality education that's right Uh, and bringing people together breaking down some Mm. of the barriers and actually, you just need people to be together if you're going to heal our society. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's hear the conversation that you had with Rajin now. Let's head straight into the big question, which is how do we create a more integrated society? What do we need to do? I suppose it's like anything. How do you make any changes? You want people to realize that they need to make change. So, um, you know, how, how do we best... Uh, find or make changes it's it's about you know i always think it's about be the change you want to see yourself so if you're wanting changes you want to talk about it you want to talk about it with people you want people to understand that there is a call to action they have to do something um and that people in their own daily lives can make little changes and we used to have the one small step campaign which i thought was very clever that you know it's about making changes in your own life and then that extends out because people notice but then on a macro level you want um you want government to support changes you know if there's a a, an objective need for making those changes so i i I think i'm i'm top down and bottom up simultaneously type person um one or other i mean for integrated education it's certainly been a ground up movement um, and that's why I think it's so successful and sustainable because people have wanted to make changes and have owned the changes that they've been making so um, 
I would say that's really important. But I'm probably um, going into a bit more detail. Do you want to be a bit more specific about well, I, what changes? I, I, just, I just want to <laughs> deal with one point that you, you touched on implicitly in passing, which is that you and I are both committed to integrated education. And clearly, we both believe that integrated education is a good thing. But actually, perhaps we need to talk about the elephant in the room, that perhaps a lot of people don't want integrated education and don't want an integrated society. Now, if we start from the assumption that's a bad thing, we believe, you and I personally believe it's a bad thing, what do we do about the fact that perhaps some people just don't want to break down those barriers? Um, well, I think there's a couple of things there, Paul. One is, you know, um, I think if you use the term integrated education, which might have connotations with a particular sort of management type of school that's very wedded to education, um, people think, you know, by, by doing that, you're taken away from something else, which is equally as good. But I think if we go back to well, what, you know, fundamentally we are about educating children from, uh, well, let's be blunt about it, from Protestant Catholic other religions, beliefs, communities all together in the one school. So basically we're trying to say that educating children together um, is a good thing. So we have to accept, therefore, that then there may be people who may say, well, actually, that's not a good thing. And But I think it's in how we frame. Um, you know, I've met, very rarely met people who didn't think that educating children together was a good thing. Um, and schools are very, I mean, we have fabulous schools in Northern Ireland and they're very, um, as we, they would tend to say, open and welcoming to, to children. And of course they are. We are taught in many different sections. Of our sectors are in, in many different schools and they're all fabulous. Um, so what is the thing? So it's in how we frame it. You know, if people don't want to change that, well, then we need to ask more questions about what it is that they're doing really well. You know, fab, you know, all schools are diverse. I will always say that there's a diversity in every school, whether it's a Catholic maintained school or a controlled school or a grammar school or an integrated school or a special school. No matter what type of school, it's very diverse and there's a diverse group of people in it. Where we are very particular in Northern Ireland is that we have a divided society along sort of religious cultural lines. And for reasons very well documented, we've ended up with a situation where, in, for the most part, people from a Catholic background choose Catholic education and people, other uh, people who are not from that background, therefore, choose the other type of education, which is usually in the control sector. And, um, and that's kind of the, 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 the behaviour that we've got into. So I suppose it's about maybe how we, re how we reframe what it is that we're talking about, because most people in my small of my very uh, uh you know sort of overview of it is that they don't really understand the different management types that there are of schools but they know they know good schools and maybe not so good schools or they'll know protestant catholic grammar um special and they also now know integrated so most people in northern ireland if you mention that they'll they'll, they'll know what an integrated school is but they will think that it's um, that it's uh, that they will be very sure that it will be about educating Protestant and Catholic children. I think we've done a good job in getting that uh, message out there. But they will they will choose schools that they are you know 
wedded to and that it's close handy to their house or they went to that school and you know so how do we get people to perhaps reflect on and think about well who's not here in our school we have a very diverse school population but actually when it comes to the but do do parents of um a perceived protestant community do they choose to come to our school um or if it's a, a controlled school do on uh, mass parents of uh, a catholic perceived community background do they come to our school and i think in some of those conversations that we've been having with people there is an acknowledgement that yes well maybe maybe they don't come so then our next challenge to them is well rather than just say we're open and welcome of course we would invite people to come to our school do we need to do something more proactive do we need to reach out in other ways if this is something that we wish to do now i know i'm slightly digressing from your original question which was around well what if some people don't want to do that and there is no doubt that there is there is still a lot of fear in our community out there um there is a you know a fear of change even in the sense of well i know what that is that's the type of school i went to i want that for my children i don't really know what the other type is and so therefore i'll stick with what i know so it's maybe there's a piece around how we market the education system that we have in a different way but i but wonder but i wonder washeen whether the context has changed since integrated schools were first developed because perhaps two things specifically have happened that weren't happening at that time. One is that we have a significant uh, number of pupils in Irish language schools, which clearly aren't catered for by the integrated sector. And the other is that on the other side of the, the, the divide, uh, we have a section of loyalism that is very concerned, perhaps frightened about their identity and feels the sure. need to, to strengthen that sense of identity. Now, neither of those two uh, concerns uh, can be dealt with with integrate, within integrated education, can they? exactly what integrated education was set up i mean if, if we don't have people who are um from you know who, who want to identify as catholic or protestant who are very proud of their tradition and their and where they come from those are the types of people that we we need and want um in integrated education those are the people you know in a sense um if we create schools that are all about creating people who are not wanting to identify as one or t'other, well, then we're we're ignoring a really important, um, well, a, a vast, well, probably majority, if you're really honest about it, of people who are very, very comfortable and confident in their own identity. And that's really important. And integration isn't about, um, about dumbing down anyone's identity. It's about enabling people to have conversations, which are sometimes about, you know, not agreeing with each other, but actually learning to live with one another and learning to live with the differences that we hold uh, as part of our core being. Um, and I think that's where the challenge for integrated education. So I suppose initially when integrated education began to develop, it was about some parents saying, well, look, I would like something different than the traditional 
you know, if I'm a, from a Catholic perceived background, my, I send my children to this school and vice versa. I want something that is a school that is for everyone. And have we have we got to that stage where um, every school is marketing themselves or reaching out to all communities? I would say no, we don't have that yet. But they're working very hard to become schools that are very inclusive and and um, invitational to to everyone who who comes their way. But of course. You may not even, I mean, there will be some parents for whom only certain schools will be on their options list. So is it, you know, how do we encourage people to see a broader range of schools? So it's both the school doing something proactively to reach out to the communities, but also within the culture of a school itself. I mean, you're right in saying that, you know, schools can be dominated by a particular culture and that uh, can be for all sorts of reasons. That's just how it is around here or whatever. And, you know, how does a school leader in that situation or how do teachers or how do the governors of that school encourage that to be respected and, um, and honoured and enabled, but also to say that there's also another perspective that is equally valid um, and it's a bit like, if you, if you like, a microcosm of Northern Ireland itself. You know, how do we do um, integration or how do we do inclusion of uh, people from very different political and religious um, and cultural backgrounds in the one institution or organisation or school in this case? How do we do that really effectively? Um, People do work together in Northern Ireland from different perspectives and there are different ways of dealing with that. As we know, there's everything from total avoidance to where people, you know, have a sort of set of rules around how, how we are in this space together. And I think every integrated school is challenged by that, you know, daily and yearly and um, there's new turnover of students and new turnover of staff and you're constantly um, trying to to work on being a shared space. And it isn't the easy option. It's probably easier to imagine that everybody is from an homogenous position. Um, it's much, much more difficult to actually try and be genuinely inclusive of people who have very different viewpoints uh, on how they want to live their life. But if we are truly to give our children the best educational um, experience then it is about saying, well, how do I hold this position very, uh, very dear to me? Um, and how, how do I hold that? But at the same time, understand that someone else may have a very different perspective on the world. And how do I live with that? And if we're not teaching our children from a young age how to do that, well, then it's not beyond the realms of possibility to say that our, our adults are going to struggle with that in later life. I recognise that every inter-school, integrated school is different. I mean, speaking personally as a parent whose children went to an integrated school at primary level, uh, my concern would be a different one as a parent, which is to what extent pupils and parents who are from neither the Catholic nor the Protestant background ah. are catered for. And I wonder whether integrated schools focus so much on dealing with the difference between Protestantism and Catholicism that they actually overlook a bit about those of us who come from neither background. And I would say, I mean, yes, I 
totally uh, accept that particular point, but I think integrated skills in particular, um, again, that's a challenge for them every day. And it is about saying, and, you know, the, the, the children uh, and, and families from other beliefs, cultures and communities are equally, equally as uh, respected and reflected within our school community. And that is, uh, that is a challenge also. And so that's where we encourage parental involvement in governor bodies um, and encouraging parents, although it's not always easy, you know, to, to be part of the school community and to have their voice heard as well. Um, and, and it is, it's not, um, not an easy route to take, but it's really important that people feel as if they belong to, to the school in which their children are and which um, their family has signed up to. Um, so I think, I think your point is well made, but equally it is important that, you know, integrated education, I suppose, um, our mission is very much, I mean, we would say we're about promoting um, peace and reconciliation through education. Um, there are lots of other organisations who, you know, and every school, I would argue, are, are grappling with people of different religious and cultures and people of faith and no faith and um, and trying, I mean, every school grapples with this every day, trying to be as inclusive as possible for all different types. I mean, if you say the whole gamut of Section 75, um, and that's for all schools in Northern Ireland, never mind anywhere else in, in the rest of the UK. Um, but we have a very specific mission in that we are trying to create spaces where we are comfortable with our own identity, whatever that may be. But we're also willing to not just respect, but also engage with um, the cultural identities of others. And that goes right across um all you know differences that there are in our society different family blends different um different needs that people have different family makeups um and so we are very unapologetic that our particular you know as i often say when our statistics change that we have um right across all our schools or a majority of our schools where we have um you know, a, a mix of children and uh, from uh, Catholic and Protestant backgrounds, but also others of other faiths, um, cultures, and communities. When we see those statistics change from what it is now, um, which is where they have, you know, I think it's one point one percent of um, children from a perceived Protestant background who identify as Protestant in Catholic schools, and where we have about less than eight percent of children who are from a perceived Catholic background in control schools, until we see those stats change, then our mission is to try and encourage schools in general and any school, um, apart from hospital schools, can become an integrated school. And it's where it's a very proactive, intentional uh, act for a school community to decide that we are going to do something that is going to make sure that we have a broad, uh, that our school reflects the broad uh, makeup of our bigger society out there in Northern Ireland.
I think that touches on perhaps the big two questions for me, Vosheen. One of which is, are we expecting asking too much of integrated schools to challenge the very structure, nature, fabric of our society? And secondly, by the time that a child goes to primary school, is it too late? Do we need to actually make practical interventions, positive interventions, before children go to the first primary school that actually brings children together from different cultures or backgrounds? Are we expecting too much of integrated schools? Integrated schools are, are very much, and I, I, again, it's a big challenge. It's not easy, but that's why they, that is their raison d'etre. That's why they exist. So, with becoming an integrated school or you know developing an integrated school from scratch, there is inherent in that the challenge for them to, um, I suppose, be part of that mission to. Um, to have uh, the whole of Northern Ireland society reflected within their school. Um, so are we expecting too much? Well, there would be no need for them if if that wasn't what, what they were set up to do. But I, I suppose what I'm trying to say is that it's not, it shouldn't be just for integrated um, schools. It shouldn't be just for an organisation uh, like ourselves, the Northern Ireland Council for Integrated Education or the Integrated Education Fund. We are enablers and we are helping to facilitate that process um, and we are funded by the Department of Education to, to promote, encourage and facilitate integrated education. But we are relying on our educational partners, other educational bodies, on other schools also to take up this challenge. And when you talk to people individually, it, it absolutely makes sense. So I don't think we're expecting too much. I think we are a catalyst for change. We are trying, you know, we, we're not trying to create another sector of management type in schools. That's not what we're about. And we have all schools of all different management type, um, all integrated, but, you know, they're set up in different ways in terms of their governing bodies and so on. But we are there to, I suppose, um, enable any school that wants to transform to integrated status to be able to do that. But before they do that, they need to, as a school community, want to do it. And they need to see how that will benefit our society. And that's a huge challenge for us. But it's a huge challenge for school communities as well, who, you know, a lot of them say, well, why would we do that? You know, we've got a, we've got a mix of, of, uh, of children already in our school, albeit small, <clears throat> but we've got a lot of diversity in our school. We're doing a good job. Parents are happy to send their children here. Why would we bother to to become integrated? And and I will always say to them, but you could, you know, we really need you to try and help us, and um, because you know, once it becomes to the point where lots of schools in Northern Ireland become integrated, then that's when our work is done, and that's when we can say, well, you know. Uh, parents are choosing these schools because they're good schools, but anybody, not just anybody can go, but actually people are um, proactively included in the whole school community. And that's not just as a mix of pupils, but it's in um, ensuring that their governors, there's a mix in their governors reflected of their school community. There's a mix in their teaching staff, in their support staff, um, and the, the cultures genuinely um, celebrate and respect um, uh, all of the different people who, who come to their school and that can be done in very subtle ways but it can be done but it requires a lot of thought. Um, is it too late by the time 
they come to school. Well, we do recognise that, you know, and I think it was Paul Connolly's research that said, you know, children, um, you know, you can can identify or can um, show sort of, you know, uh, bias to to, uh, uh, symbols and emblems and so on from a very young age. And children, as we know, do pick up very, very early on. um, Oh, they're different from me or, oh, I need to be like this. and, And, you know, um, so preschool children, certainly there is a, a an avenue to say that, you know, it's really important that children mix right from the start and that they are enabled to be very comfortable in their own skin, to see their own cultures and traditions um, reflected in their, in their um, preschool experience and so on. Yes, that's really important. Prior to preschool, um, you know, I guess the the situation is what children are, I suppose, the stories that their parents tell them. Um, so I suppose the other side of that is that we're constantly as a society trying to encourage the adults within our society who have, for various reasons, fear and, and safety and all of the rest, have managed to politely um avoid having conversations that that include religion or politics <laughs> um you know if you're not quite uh, comfortable with the, the 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 company that you're in so it is about saying we still as a society for older generation um and for our you know the, the likes of people who are my age with now grown-up children but um encouraging those people to also have conversations but also the parents of our very very young children the, the i suppose the the parents who are giving birth at the minute um and encouraging them to you know why would you choose um why would you choose to send your children to a school that maybe isn't the one that traditionally historically um you would have chosen or you would have been chosen for you so how do you make different choices or even more empowering is how do you as a parent encourage the school that you're going to send your children to or that you do send your children to which is um you know maybe doesn't have um children from a protestant or or catholic uh background um but has quite a lot of diversity and how do you encourage um uh the, the northern ireland if you like diversity to be um, to be reflected in that school and what can you do as a parent to encourage that and do you think there's anything that the integrated education movement can do to to assist with new parents with preschool children infants to actually meet with others and to uh, in, understand the ethos of of uh, a more cross-community approach well i think you know and, and a lot of um a lot of preschools in Northern Ireland um, are there, you know, they're, they're doing a very good job of um, ensuring that sort of initial introduction to, if you like, um, formal education. And um, they would be very proud of the fact that they have a curriculum which is reflective of um, encouraging, uh, you know, a difference to be explored and children to be included and um and very much cared and nurtured for and our preschool sector is 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 excellent at doing that as we know um 
I guess where we are a little bit stuck sometimes is that we are trying to create uh, what we would call integrated settings, which, okay, for, for want of a better word, um, our preschool uh, sector has tended to grow um, attached to individual schools and therefore maybe perhaps in some cases the culture of the school um, is also reflected in the preschool and I suppose what we're trying to say is let's you know let's try to create um, at least in our preschool and in our you know I would even argue in our sixth form provision that we are looking at how we can create more integrated spaces um, around those two either end of the of the um, educational career um, as well as encouraging schools um, individually and perhaps even I mean we know we have too many schools in Northern Ireland we know in each little town and village there are a number maybe three or four primary schools um, we've maybe got a couple of uh, post-primary schools and it is about encouraging them well how how are we going to um, make sure that uh, that is educational provision first of all in this in this area and how are we going to create in the future educational provision which is provision for all um, and it's not just a statement of fact that you're open we're open and welcoming to you but actually uh, a school's estate that is very integrated uh, in Northern Irish terms, but is also very inclusive and is of the very best quality that that uh, the people in the educational arena can provide. I'm glad you mentioned school estates because one of the big questions at the moment within education in Northern Ireland is whether the future should lie with, with shared campuses where you have the schools from different traditions on a single estate, close together, without integrating. What, what's what's the approach of yourself and the integrated education movement to that? Yeah, we have, um, you know, we have, I suppose, a, a number of uh, shared campuses, a couple that hopefully we will see in the very near future um, in Ballycastle and Limavady. Um, you know, the, the idea of two schools very you know side by side cheek by jowl um sharing classrooms sharing spaces um sharing class uh curriculum activities and all of that absolutely i mean i worked for many years uh trying to encourage this to to be something that uh, was a possibility within northern ireland um through uh collaboration with small primary schools and yes, we would be we we're delighted to see that happen, um, but it's not to the um, you know it's not instead of integrated education. We would suggest that an integrated school where where all children go to the one school all day every day um, is uh, is a much better option in the long term. But where you have two or more schools that are doing a great job, where they can actually create. Um, a more shared space so whether that's through physically through classrooms or uh, uh, actually um, within the curriculum setting where children are sitting side by side in the classroom for some or part of their uh, educational career absolutely brilliant 
where you have shared campuses which are literally um schools of different types in the one um area um or the one campus if you like um there there i mean there's a place for that uh for sure um if they're all maybe offering something different so for example if you've got a special school and you've got a grammar school and you've got a um you've got a high school and you've got a um uh, uh, maybe a further education college something like that that makes absolute sense um but again we would encourage those individual schools to also be integrated in that they're proactively and intentionally reaching out to the other community because we genuinely believe and i don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that this will happen at some point uh, in our in our history it just takes a little bit of time for for change to happen um at, at a you know and it, it, it is uh, we often say it's school by school it's individual by individual that's how change of of this kind of emotional hearts and minds level happens um but yes there there's there's absolutely there's a place for what we would term shared campuses there's also a place for um schools integrated schools um school communities that have have decided that they are going to um be the school for the whole community and and not just in words but also in actions and in the makeup of of the adults and the children who who come to them and does that mean that you would prefer to see shared campuses as a stepping stone towards those different schools coming together as integrated schools i mean I mean, I think the whole idea of stepping stones, I think I think if we're going to genuinely be um, sensible about our area planning within areas, we are looking at providing the very best quality education for the children in the area. And it's the people who live in the area and who teach in the area and who um, the parents in that area in the communities who ultimately need to, you know, be happy with the, the educational provision in the area. Um, so, you know, if if parents in an area would like to see their children um, all educated together, all in the one school, obviously that uh, can happen through uh, collaboration schools coming together if the schools get to that point where they can actually come together, uh, both physically and um with their, you know, we call them amalgamations, really, is the term that we would use. Um, but there may be, you know, opportunity for federations, there may be opportunity for use, as you say, for shared campuses, or, you know, a, a, a shared school whereby maybe two or maybe three small schools who are unsustainable, potentially could come together. And I know it sounds like that might be a really hard thing to do. But having worked with parents and communities on the ground and people who, who do want to see a change, um, having worked with parents who've developed schools literally from scratch, out of nothing, just a group of parents coming together and developing a school, it is possible. Everything is possible if you really want to do it. And I think that this is going to take a long time, but we also we need to... Um, consult with the communities we need to have community conversations but then at a at a macro level 
um, in terms of, of government and in terms of the educational bodies. There needs to be a generosity of spirit, I think, that enables our planning for the future of our schools estate around, I suppose, things that we have in common. So we all want the very best um, in terms of accommodation for our children. We all want the very best in terms of quality education. We all want the very best in terms of the opportunities that the education provides for our children and young people. So there are, those are all the things we can agree on. And then, you know, I mean, who cares about the management type after all of that? As long as we get that our children are getting the very best that we can offer. And my sense in the future of um, budgets and where we are, especially from COVID-19, that we even more need to be focused on how we can get, you know, and I, I will say it will require investment into the future, but we really need to think about what it is that we want our children and young people who are suffering greatly at the minute not being in school at all. And we need to be, as educationalists, really making sure that our ideas um, and how we can be creative with our school communities um, reaches a very, very absolute best for every single area in Northern Ireland because it is going to be extremely tough. Um, and I think people will be less less interested in, I suppose, their organisational, um, you know, uh, dreams and desires and more about making sure that our children and young people and their families get the very best opportunity they will need going forward. But when you talk about the pupils getting the very best, I mean, clearly the system does not provide the very best when we have tens of thousands of surplus places, which means financial inefficiency. But also, I would say, again, as a parent, the frustration that I feel that each of the post-primary schools pretty well has their own sixth form college offering an inadequate range of subjects and exam choices. Whereas if you had a sixth form college model, then actually you'd bring together pupils at that age and actually give them a wider range of subject choices. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, it's extremely uh, difficult. You know, as the man said, if you, were, if you were going to there, you wouldn't start from here. So we have to take very brave decisions and very courageous decisions about our sixth form education um, and it is it isn't about every school having a, a little bit um, perhaps if they can collaborate in such a way that enables uh, children to have the full range of choices but we know that you know that doesn't really work in practice no the timetabling is um, really difficult to achieve yes it's very difficult um, so so how do we even even if you just took you know, sixth form education, um, we would definitely be espousing, you know, sixth, sixth form integrated provision. And by that, I mean, just, you know, there's the sixth form provision for this area, for these several areas. And that's where the children and young or the, the young people go. And the choices they have are broad. Um, there's a balance. There's, there's things, there's subjects that they can choose. And it isn't just about um, keeping a narrow range of choices for some of our young people. I mean, we know that there are jobs out there that we are, you know, children will be training for that we don't even know exist yet. So 
we've got to give our, our young people and it isn't it has to be beyond beyond organizations beyond um you know this is the way we've always done it it's kind of worked quite well the world has changed enormously um and a levels uh, in their present form aren't the be all and all and all of everything we need we've got a range of of choices and know that see have been working really hard on a range of, of fabulous choices of um, of study for for um for young people in northern ireland and it's enabling young people to to be able to access those um and yes you're right you know we have a further education um we have our five colleges who do a fantastic job um, and then we have our schools who are, are sometimes struggling to to um have sixth forms that are are fit for purpose so we need to join up those two and i know there's some work uh, ongoing um, on our 14 to 19 um, uh, work stream within the department various educational bodies so hopefully they are thinking through all of this and we will have some changes in that in the future but I suppose from our perspective we would not want to see you know um, the, the sixth, sixth form provision along traditional um, separated lines as we would have within our schooling system we need to encourage it to be integrated and inclusive going forward of all children of all beliefs cultures and communities Roshin Marshall thank you very much indeed that's great okay a few interesting points Paul coming out of the conversation for me there I think the first that struck me was the fact that Roshin was saying integrated education should be the vehicle through which all people in society see themselves and in fact it should be a reflection of society be that Irish language loyalism republicanism whatever you see this should suit everybody yes it shouldn't be perceived as a threat to anyone's particular identity you can have your identity and still have your kids go to education uh, that's integrated mm. and similarly you can be a pupil that goes to an integrated child uh, education system uh, integrated school without losing your sense of identity and i think that's very important and actually it does raise the question about why people why some parents are uncomfortable about integrated education is that a reflection of a sense of a lack of confidence or a sense of feeling their identity is being threatened why do people feel that they can't continue with their own sense of identity if their children go to an integrated school mm. yeah that, that, that is really interesting but i also enjoyed the challenge that you put there where it was around are we expecting too much of integrated education you know because ultimately it has the potential to change society and that's kind of what we're asking of it at times as well yeah, and, and probably the answer is we are asking too much. I mean, yeah. you know, because uh, we all know that um, going to an integrated school doesn't actually remove children from everything else around them in society in terms mm. of this sense of community identification. Um, and not every integrated school is perfect. And also... I, the other point I was making really is do integrated schools sufficiently take into account identities and religions beyond the various forms of Christianity? Because mm. we have got a, a multi-layered society uh, where people come from many different backgrounds within Northern Ireland, but actually uh, 
often people from uh, particularly ethnic minorities and also agnostic and atheist backgrounds don't always feel that any of the schools properly reflect that full level of diversity. Yeah. Rushing goes on to talk about, I suppose, two two ideas. Uh, it's like you, you chatted there about the shared campus idea. There's a few of those either in development or under, up and running now, where schools are sharing, if you like, buildings, etc. But then the idea of sixth form colleges and let's let's do that and let's have them integrated. Yes, I mean, it does seem to me rather strange. And actually, this is a perception that other people from England who've come over here also share that, you know, it does see, feel a bit odd that after post-primary education, um, pupils continue to be within the sixth form campus of the school they were at for post-primary education. Yet the problem with that is not simply that there's a lack of diversity in, amongst the pupil base, but also the fact that it creates an artificial constraint on the number of examinations that a, a pupil can take, uh, because in effect, each of the schools is likely to restrict the subject choice. Uh, if you want to have a wider range of subjects, then perhaps you have a joint learning community, but that can be very difficult to timetable. So then the question is, should we have sixth form colleges? Uh, but then that feeds into other questions about um, selection and at the age of selection. So this is a very difficult, complicated question, which uh, I think the Northern Ireland Assembly is likely to be reconsidering in the fairly near future yeah yeah it'd be good to see an open and full debate on education here i, I think that would be a good starting point absolutely yes yeah okay well that's it for this episode thanks to rushing for taking the time to meet with paul and to paul for carrying out the interview with rushing it was very informative thanks to emer doherty as well for production support and the funders the community relations council for northern ireland and the Department for Foreign Affairs. Remember to share this with those other people that you feel might be interested and they subscribe where you can. It, it really helps us in the long run. So we'll chat to you again at the next episode. The Community Relations Council for Northern Ireland supports this podcast through its media grant scheme and core funding programme.